Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How are y'all doing? Welcome to the show. Hope you're getting through the week well. Woof. What a week I've had. I have a cold, so you're going to hear it in my voice a little bit, but the show must go on. We have an amazing show planned for you. Super stoked about tonight's show. We're going to be spending most of the night talking about dating apps, uh, what they're for, how to use them better, talking most importantly about dating app burnout. It's something that I'm hearing a lot of people struggle with. So we're just going to really talk about how to keep these apps in perspective for those that are like, what? I don't need this show. I'm married. I'm not single or uh, I am single, but I'm not looking to date. There's still lot for you to learn in this. Um, as always, these things are universal tips and tricks and tools. Uh, but before we drop into it, let's just remember DMs, they're always open. If you got a question for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, questions, topics, things you want us to circle back to. Um, <clears throat> dating apps, bum, 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 the good, the bad, the ugly. I know some people hate it. But remember, they give us access to partners and individuals. Um, that we wouldn't normally have access to back in the day. Remember <laughs> pre apps, pre technology. I remember when these things first dropped, I remember hearing about them. I was like, wow, that's fascinating that there's this thing you can download on your phone and it will tell you how far away you are from individuals. Cause essentially they first started more with these like grinder sex-based things. It was more of the sex-based apps that really kind of caught fire. You know, online dating existed, but it very much lived in the shadows. And it was something that people had shame about, like that as though there was something wrong with you if you couldn't meet someone in real time. Why? Some people are working a lot. Some people aren't very social. Some people aren't able to access the kind of people they date or would enjoy in their local area. Some people are have different gender presentations and different sexual orientations. And we don't always have safe spaces and community. So a lot of reasons, but I remember there's a time when like people would write into the personals and we did have online dating. And I think these more sex-based apps like Grindr are what really brought it into the daylight. And although there is some unfortunate stigma attached to some of these, I think it really kind of normalized the dating apps. And then all of a sudden we were talking about Bumbles and Hinges and Tinders. Anyway, I think they're awesome because like I said, you can meet people that are well beyond what you would have normal access to. You can be dating while busy doing something else because your profile exists, whether you're logged on or not. Um, you can meet people, like I said, from around the world. You can also really practice boundary setting, communication, and there are thousands upon thousands of new people joining every day. And so whatever you open up to on your phone, that doesn't speak to the breadth of what's possible. And that's the first thing I also want to remind you. Even though there are constantly new people joining and quitting these apps, 
that is just a small microcosm of the wider world. Please don't ever buy into the idea that all these people I see on my phone are the only people I have access to. And please don't only, uh, please don't leave all of your courtship to just the apps. I want people to still out in the wild, out in, you know, more real time. Not that, you know, apps aren't real time. Uh, they're a little distinct, but you still have, want to move through the world in a certain kind of way. But I just want to normalize these. I, I remember this was like uh, not that long ago, three years ago. I was on a morning show and I was talking about dating apps and Valentine's Day. And I remember the news anchor being like, oh, but some people feel really, you know, that a lot, they have a lot of shame acknowledging they met someone on an app. And I was like, do they? Because not the people I know, not the people I'm working with. It's actually very um, normalized. And as I've said on the show before, there's tons of celebrities that are openly, proudly, and publicly on these apps. They themselves have talked about it, and I've seen them on the apps. Um, and they've talked, to, yeah, in interviews, whatever. So it's it's quite normal. So I want to remove the shame. Dating apps are just a sign that you're like really serious about dating and that you're busy and you're making use of technology and you're keeping up with what's going on in 2022. And so it makes you relevant. It makes you cool. It makes you focused. It makes you um, motivated. Like there, there's nothing negative assigned with that. So let's brush that off if that still exists, that there's something wrong with you. Um, again, I'm a non-drinker. I can't stand bars and clubs. So I don't go to a lot of concentrated spaces where I'm really going to meet people where there's a lot of like vibing and romance and going on. Um, I just don't live in the world in that way. And so for people like me and for a multitude of other people, for a multitude of other reasons, dating apps are really awesome. So <clears throat> I just want to normalize that. But I want to break it down in a more specified way, because I think part of the problem and what leads to dating app burnout, the exhaustion, the frustration and the you know negative mental health impacts are that we don't have we don't have the right perspective as to what they're for what to expect from them and how to really take care of ourselves in terms of mental health while using them. So that that's going to kind of be the focus. So um, coming up next, we'll dive more into all of that, but I just wanted to kind of frame the topic. You know, technology is not bad. Um, it has positives and negatives, but it's not inherently bad. And interesting trend. Anytime there's a technological advancement, sex and relationships are always somehow folded in. That technology is always extended into those realms. Why? Because those are really important, meaningful, meaningful realms. And those are for a lot of us core psychological functions and also a core center point of our lives and our goals. So reasonably so. Like I said, though, got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, questions, topics, things you want to circle back, drop deeper into, and past episodes of the show are always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share lots of good stuff. But uh, stick around, because we will be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, y'all, we are back and we're talking about dating apps. Bum, 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 bum. Some people light up when you say that. Other people roll their eyes. Some people cover their hands onto their face in frustration. I know it's, it's a mixed bag, but uh, that's just life. You know, it's the apps aren't a problem. We are. We don't run them lovingly. We don't use them with ethics and we don't really have the right expectations. So that's kind of what we're talking about tonight. How to make sure you use it versus it using you. It shouldn't be something that tanks your mental health. In fact, that's going to be part of one of the assessment tools we'll be talking about um, on tonight's show is checking in on the impact it's having on your mental health because that matters. So we want to make sure we're using them for what they're for. So the first thing I want to remind you is that they're meant to be used for a small contained amount of time. I can't say that enough. It is not something that we're supposed to be spending hours and hours and hours upon hours with. That is bad for our mental health for a multitude of reasons. And later in the show, we'll get more into why that is. But they're meant to be moments in time. Um, I tell clients, maybe go on the app for a couple minutes while you're having your lunch. Maybe after dinner, sit down on the couch, swipe around a little bit. Maybe while you're standing in line at the coffee shop, take a couple swipes, check it. Um, but it will not be good for your mental health. And again, like I said, we'll talk more about it. Why? It's not something you're supposed to be uh, diving into a black rabbit's hole with for hours. It, it will not serve you. That is not the purpose. And that will lead to more problematic use um, because you get caught on that hamster wheel. Because if you're using it for large amount of times, the most likely you're trying to get it to make you feel less lonely. You're trying to get it to make you feel less bored. You're trying to get desirability and you want some connection and, and it's not going to do that. And it's not supposed to do that. It's not supposed to do any of those things. It's, it's supposed to just be a way for you to match with someone, talk a little bit, exchange numbers and take it out into the real world. It's supposed to be a little bit of a bridge. It's not supposed to be a time suck. It's not supposed to be, again, something you're spending a, a multitude of time with. Take it seriously. Uh, be consistent with it. <clears throat> but use it for small periods of time. So if you're one of those people where hours can go by, dear God, set a timer. Or, like I say, with general cell phone use, use it in the cell phone area. I, I, I've, I've talked about this in terms of better mental health use. Plug your phone in. Have it plugged in in a corner somewhere, and that's where you go stand or sit to use it. Don't use it in a place that you get a little too comfortable, such as your bed or your couch, and hours can go by. Go over there, use it intentionally, do what you need to do for a small period of time, and then come back to the couch, your bed, or wherever it is you're spending most of the rest of the day. It should be bleeps of time. What else is it used for? To engage and explore. Again, it's not supposed to satisfy needs of, of relationality because you're lonely. It's not supposed to be the most distracting or exhilarating part of your day. It is a 
technological device to engage and explore with other people. It's supposed to be flat. It's not supposed to be this dynamic thing. It's not a stand-in for a social life. It's not supposed to be, you know, something that cuddles you. But we we come at it with a lot of expectation. This is supposed to make me feel like I'm spending time with people. This is supposed to make me feel desirable. This is supposed to make me feel wanted. I've had a really bad day. This is supposed to put a smile on my face. No, it is not supposed to do any of those things. And those expectations are what keep us trapped on it because we go in there with a need. We can't get met, but we keep hitting it, trying to get that need met and we stay trapped. It's supposed to also be ready for this one. The, and it's supposed to be the F word fun. It's supposed to be fun. If it is not feeling fun, put it down for the day, put it down for the week, put it down for the month. It's supposed to be fun. This, these apps do not exist, dating apps, so that you can make your life harder, more complex, or feel worse about yourself. The F word, fun. Are you having fun? Maybe only go on when you're feeling like you're in a good fun mood. We'll talk more about that later in the show. But it's supposed to be fun. It's also supposed to possibly be arousing. Yes, that will be a little more dependent on which app you're on. Yes, that will also be dependent upon who you're talking to and why you're talking to them and what your goals are. But that's part of it. Notice none of the things I'm going to list or itemize fall under the heading of making your life harder, more difficult, or depressing. So again, use it for a contained amount of time, small amount of time. Use it to engage and explore a little bit. Use it for fun. Use it for arousing purposes, to have stimulating talk and conversation. Use it to flirt. More importantly, drum roll, one of the most important uses of it, because I've never spoke to someone who said, I want to just endlessly put emotional labor into constantly starting and maintaining conversations with people in service of it going absolutely nowhere and just dropping off at some point. Never have I heard that said by someone as to why they spend time on these apps. It's supposed to be drum roll, as I said, so you can plan to actually meet up with them and assess compatibility and maybe move on to date. That is the core goal. So here we go. If you are not intending on or ready to meet up with someone, probably not the best app for you to be on a dating app because people I'm working with anyway are going on there actively, confidently, and with motivation to try to find people that are interested and available. And if you're just on there to, to waste time, don't be wasting other people's time. At least make that, that known in your bio or right away. Hey, I'm not on here to meet up ever. Just want some conversation. Make that known because there's a lot of people that are actually trying to court and flirt. Because one of the dating app's main goals are the names, it's in the title, dating, which means meeting up at some point, which means taking it off the app. Again, you're being very unkind and misusing it if you're just helping people spin their wheels with no intention. And so it does require a level of maturity where you're letting people know, hey, it's been great bantering back and forth, but this doesn't feel like a connection um, all the best. Whatever, whatever it is you need to say, take responsibility for what, what, what it is you're looking for and be honest about that. But again, <clears throat> I want to really drive home that these dating apps are meant to add joy to your life, not misery. And so if they're making your life feel worse or harder, you are either using it wrong or you need a break because there's a lot of other people that are misusing these or not being honest or not being kind. But we want to at least start by checking with ourselves. Um, all right, coming up next, we're going to keep talking about these darn, darn, darn apps and how to really make them, you know, more enhancing of our own lives because life is hard enough as it is already. And then, uh, of course, at some point, we'll be doing some DMs. So stick around for that. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q in Odyssey. We'll be right back. 
All right, y'all, we are back and we're talking about dating app burnout. Yeah, I know, because guess what? Things are hard enough. No one in the history of my life has ever said, I'm on those dating apps because I want to be frustrated, let down, and made more miserable. No one's ever said that. So let's all collectively decide to not be a part of that. Heard a horrible, horrible, horrible story where someone was in telling a story saying that they just basically swipe right, swipe right, swipe right on everyone. And I thought that's disgusting because swiping right is a sign that I'm interested. And then if you match, it's a sign that you want to engage and talk to them. But some people are just kind of like, yeah, I'll swipe it on everyone, see who I match with, and then decide. It's a misuse of this. Some people might be like, well, you're making it too big of a deal, Dr. Chris. It really doesn't matter. Yeah, see, it does because none of this stuff is neutral. There's a, everyone walks away from these interactions feeling more frustrated, less frustrated, feeling better about themselves in the world, holding more hope for the possibility of love and romance and dateability or the opposite. Don't be part of maintaining a system where people are just burnout and exhausted and feel poorly treated. Like be better than that. You know, you have these other people's hopes and dreams and goals in your hands a little bit, like be serious about that. But we're taking our own responsibility and we're assessing, am I using these apps problematically for our own lives and to a point of burnout. Um, as I said in the earlier segment, <clears throat> use them for a contained small amount of time. We're not meant to be swiping on them for endless periods of time. That is bad. Um, use them to engage and explore. Use them to have fun. Use them to flirt. More importantly, use them to at some point maybe meet up. But none of these goals or expectations are about making our lives harder. And so if so, we're moving into this topic really being you know, guided, uh, geared towards you. So the problem with these apps, or any technology really, and that's what I love about this topic, is you can apply this to video games, you can apply this to just general text conversations, you can of course apply this to just general social media. But when it impacts your mood and or your self-esteem, we got a problem. So hear that again, if it's impacting your mood, where it's making you, where it's turning a good day into a bad day, or it's making you feel worse and crankier, or, and or, it's also making you feel bad about yourself in general, in terms of your desirability, in terms of your worth, in terms of the potentiality of falling in love and finding love, then you're, you're experiencing burnout. <clears throat> what do those symptoms look like? Frustration, loneliness, anger, and sadness. Those tend to be the top four that clients are reporting. Let's break it down. Frustration. <clears throat> if you are feeling as though this isn't giving you what you want, you're hitting it too hard and you're going in there with too high of an expectation. This is supposed to be something that maybe over the course of time with casual use, but consistent use <clears throat> might lead to a connection. I say consistent because you will not be seen or taken seriously, nor is it really a normal way of relating if you pop in and out within days or weeks in between. People, I appreciate your lives are busy, but if you're so busy that you're not really able to keep up or interested in keeping up, you might not really be available for dating or for the use of these apps. I tell people, interested people like signs of interest. So if you really like someone, be consistent. If you've started a conversation, honor that, keep it going. Take it offline more importantly. Let people know what's going on and how available you are. But it shouldn't lead to frustration. It also shouldn't lead to loneliness. This should not make you feel more lonely in the world. If that's happening, you might need to use it differently, like I itemized earlier in the show, or you might wanna take a break and say, this is really starting to get to me. It's impacting my mood and my self-esteem. It shouldn't lead to a sense of loneliness. It should lead to the opposite. It should remind you of hope. It should lead to some new and ongoing connections and conversations. Also, <clears throat> you're experiencing dating app burnout if you're feeling anger, if it's making you feel angry, because that's probably a result of, again, the wrong expectations, 
misuse of it or other people's bad behavior because there's a lot of that where people aren't kind they make a lot of assumptions um they're very dysregulated all sorts of messy stuff but if you're constantly feeling frustrated and angry time to take a break and then of course the final one is if you're just starting to feel sad now the other thing you have to remember is this works in the inverse if you're feeling frustrated in the middle of the day, if you're just generally feeling lonely, if you're just having a general sense of anger, sadness, that is also not the time to go on the apps because those aren't going to alleviate that. Some people will say that, oh, I'm feeling a little lonely or bored today. Let me go swipe around. No, that's the worst time to do it because you're going on there with a goal. If you're saying I'm lonely and I'm bored and I'm going to go on here, that's you saying I want it to entertain me and I want it to provide me with some intimacy. And it doesn't promise that. In fact, it most likely won't because it, it's, it doesn't work on demand like that. It's about being on the right, being there at the right time in the right day. And so I would say to people, don't go on unless you're feeling good. If you're not in a good space, that's not the time to pick this up because it can be further complicating. Go on when you're in a good mood, you're feeling settled, you're feeling happy. So don't let it lead to frustration, loneliness, anger, sadness, but also don't get on it if you're feeling frustrated, lonely, angry, or sad because it won't alleviate that and it might actually make that worse. Its only goal is to help you possibly that day connect with some people and to take that conversation forward to see if maybe you guys are a match to go on a date or can. So, so think about that. Um, all right, coming up next, we're going to, uh, do some DMS and then when we come back, we're going to talk about how to use the apps more mindfully. You know, what are the more pro relational pro mental health ways we can use this, but DMS coming up next. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMS on our love line, IG page, question, topic, stuff like that. And, uh, we are channelq.com is where you want to go to past episodes. We'll be back though. So stick around. You're listening to love line with Dr. Chris on channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. DMs come from our Loveline IG page. <clears throat> Questions, topics. These are a little long, so hang in there with me. They're not always long, but this one's a long one. I want to give it its full respect, so we're going we're gonna to ride this one out. Dear Dr. Chris and Loveline, I've been with my boyfriend now for over two years. He travels to see me because of our jobs and school schedules. Uh, plus our sports we play on weekends. But it has come to the point where it feels like the same routine over and over. Sex has become a chore or expected. I'm adding all this tone for dramatic effect. My sex drive used to be so high. Now it's next to nothing. While he's not here on the weekends, I go to grad school and go out with my friends. I've started to be attracted to many other men, plus a crush on a guy on my sports team. I won't act on my feelings because I won't cheat. Our relationship is unknown for the, feature, for the future because he's in the army. See, this plot thickens. And has been training for three months. Soon he will have to move and is unsure where. Right now we have a four-hour distance between us. I'm telling you, this gets more complicated as I read. Bless you two. I used to see future with us, but now it's very complicated. I just want to make sure I'm breaking up with him for the right reasons <clears throat> and not because I have a crush on another guy but because our future would be difficult and I don't think it will last. If you think, I'm gonna go through what you just said. I think our, I'm gonna quote you. I think our future would be difficult and I don't think it will last. I don't think it will either because of what you just said. This kind of relationship with this much complexity and difficulty requires determination and complete desire and interest and you don't have it. 
Um, I'm not saying that because we sometimes question the sustainability of our relationship that that inherently means it isn't doable. But the way you're mapping everything out, I don't hear you fighting for it. I don't hear you holding hope. I don't hear you rationalizing some of these difficulties as strength or not or not as bad. And you literally close it with, because I think our future would be difficult and I don't think it'll last. I don't think it will either if that's how you feel and you think because to date someone who has a four hour distance between the two of you, where you're busy on the weekends with grad school, you're attracted to other people, you actually have a specific crush, and this person's about to be relocated because of being in the army to a city you don't even know, doesn't sound like you, you yeah, it sounds like everything's working against you. <clears throat> Look, I am a proponent of doing whatever it takes for love and relationships. I think it's one of the most important things we have in our lives, and I think it should come before all else. But there is a point where we have to realize maybe we just aren't compatible, and that doesn't always mean personality. It sometimes mean, means where we are in our lives. And this person's training for the army. They live far away, they're moving. You're very focused on grad school and these people you have crushes on. That might be a natural, healthy reason to just let yourselves drift. But you could also just give it more time. These people that you have crushes on and all these people you're attracted to, they're not going anywhere. And if you want to see what happens, maybe ride this out a little longer, see where this person gets relocated because of the army or don't. Um, I think you have a lot stacked against you. And I think it's a lot to try to overcome for the sake of a relationship. Um, if you're not going to be willing to travel to him and he's not going to be able to travel to you because he could be stationed all the way across the country, well, that's going to be very hard to pull off because part of why we're in relationships is we want intimacy, we want closeness, we want companionship. And I used to be more of a proponent of long-distance relationships. And yes, they absolutely can work, but what works against us is what we need most for intimacy, eye contact, touch, and time together. And we aren't given that in long-distance relationships. We do the best we can with Skype and travel, and we always should know when we're seeing them next and have kind of a plan in place, but it's always going to feel a little lacking because we don't have the eye contact, touch, and time together. And more importantly, when we're distant dating, we don't really get to see what our lives are like together. We don't really get to see if we're socially and otherwise compatible. And then if and when we finally do live together, that's when we first experience that. But that can be when we're already years and years in. And it becomes very difficult and very complicated and very hard. So going with the way you're framing this and the way you're talking about it, it doesn't really seem like it's working for you or what you want. So it might be time to lovingly acknowledge that and let you both move on to a, you know, a beautiful future, you know, good luck. Let us know. Truly. I love hearing how it goes. So circle back and let us know DMs. That's where the questions come from. If you've got a question for us, drop in the DMs. That's any question you have about anything mental health related, sex relationships, anything and uh, topics you want covered, drop them in there as well. Things you want us to maybe circle back, drop deeper into happy to hear from you around that as well. But uh, coming up next, we're going to get back to talking about, uh, Mental health, sex, and relationships, you know? All right, stick around, y'all. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all. We are back and uh, talking about dating apps. I mean, again, this really applies to all apps, all technologies, all social media. But we're looking specifically at our mental health and how dating apps can affect them. Because listen, everything counts. Everything matters. Everything can be used in service of our mental health or against our mental health. And remember, it's bigger than that. We also carry within us these internal working models, which are constantly being updated based on all the experiences we have out in the world and with other people, right? Which is why 
excuse me, I'm constantly saying, really pay attention to how all these different things that exist in your life impact you. Relationships you're having, songs you're listening to, articles you're reading, social media you're following, they imprint on us. Our, our brains are sponges. They're always soaking things in, soaking things up, soaking things in, and um, updating that internal working model of how we feel in the world, how we feel about other people, how attractive we feel, how desirable we feel, how much hope we have of what's to come relationally. So don't let these apps be something that updates that working model and confirms, you know, dating is horrible, dating is difficult, people don't like you, people are mean. Kind of take a little bit more control. Look, we do get victimized at times by how people treat us online, but we also wanna be aware of like what we're doing and what we're bringing to the apps, which is why I'm saying all the time, don't go on the apps if you're not in a great space because they're not necessarily promising to enhance your mood or make you feel better or keep you company. In fact, they can do the opposite or they have a neutral impact. So, you know, just to recap what we talked about in the earlier segment, use apps, use the apps for a small contained amount of time. They're not meant to keep you company for hours on the couch. Pop on, pop off. Sometimes, like I say, use it in an area. Like plug your phone in, go use your phone over there, do what you need to do, and then come back to the rest of your life. Also use the apps to engage and explore, to have some fun, to flirt, to hopefully meet someone, but they shouldn't make your life harder. And then we talked a little bit about dating app burnout symptoms. That is when they are negatively impacting your mood or your self-esteem. How do you feel before, during, and after? That always will help us assess how healthy something in our life is, a person, place, or thing. How do you feel before you're with it when you're thinking about it? How do you feel while you're engaging it or there? How do you feel afterwards when you walk away from having been there or having engaged that person? And that assessment helps us really decide whether or not this is something that should be in our life or if we need some changes. And then also, how's it making you feel about your self-esteem? It shouldn't be making you feel worse. And so if you're feeling angry, frustrated, lonely, or sad, you might be experiencing dating app burnout. Luckily, we don't need a pill for that. <laughs> the work is just about changing your relationship to it. And that's what we're going to talk about now. So what would be healthier, more mindful use of these dating apps? And again, this applies beyond. This is what you can apply to like all social media and all that. So the first thing, <clears throat> uh, maybe consider deleting it or taking a break. <laughs> if you're feeling overwhelmed, burnout, frustrated, every time you go on, you roll your eyes. Every time you put it down, you're feeling bad or you're screaming or you think people are horrible. Take a break. Take a break, take a break for the day, take a break for the month, delete it for a while. Those people aren't going anywhere, but our mental health means more. That's the first one. Also, you're going to hear people talking a lot about maybe you're addicted to the app. Maybe you're addicted to relationships, love, or sex. No, no, it's not an addiction. It's a failure to appropriately manage the use of these apps. And when we start to pay attention to the use and set some parameters and guidelines and boundaries, we then re-empower ourselves. Put it down. Take a break. Check it only three times a day. Set a timer. Use it only plugged into the wall in an uncomfortable area so you can't spend hours swiping. One of the more mindful things I tell people, and this is, again, something we can apply universally, is one thing at a time. We have to stop trying to add layer upon layer upon layer of stimulation. We're, we're, we're pushing the limits too far. One thing is not enough. We're like, oh, I'm not just going to lay on the couch. I'm going to lay on the couch and watch TV. Oh, I'm up that Annie. I'm not just going to lay on the couch and watch TV. I'm going to lay on the couch and watch TV and also be swiping and texting people. And it's like, that is ridiculous. One thing at a time. If you're going to watch a movie, put your phone down. If you want to go on your phone, pause the movie, 
be on your phone and then put your phone down and go back to the movie. If you're in a conversation with someone, keep your phone down. If you want to go on your phone, say, hey, can you pause for a minute? I need to go on my phone. Go on your phone, then put it down and go back to the conversation. Same thing while you're eating. Just eat your food, sit with your food, savor it, taste it. Then when you're done, go on your phone or watch television. One thing at a time. Again, I see people at the line at the coffee shop or even at the gym, and they're like basically saying, how many things can I do at one time? I'm going to be in the coffee shop. And instead of listening to the music, seeing the interesting people, or even talking to the person I'm with, I'm also going to be on my phone. <clears throat> at the gym, just be at the gym. Nope, got to also be swiping around on my phone. We're always trying to add all these extra things. And it's overstimulating us and making us unable to tolerate lower levels of stimulation. There's even these wild studies showing us how now to keep people's attention, TV shows, movies, and commercials need more cuts and pops, where before we would sit longer in a scene. It would have more silences. And now it's like pop, 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 dialogue, dialogue, cut, cut, new scene, new angle, because we, we need that much stimulation. Movies that just have more depth, that move a little slower, we call them boring, drawn out, because we're so hyped up on stimulation quite wild. All right. When we come back, we're going to keep talking about more mindful, mental health-centered ways to engage in these apps so that they're working with us and for us, not harming us and working against us. Ah, stick around for that. And DM. So if you got a DM, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q in and, excuse me, on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all. We are back and we're talking about dating apps. Yes, that's right. How to harness them for good. They can be good things. They can be things that enhance our lives. They, uh, they, they help us meet others, others from around the world if you want, others from cities beyond ours, others from towns and areas where we would never have a chance of bumping into them. It helps us while merely laying on our couch, maybe fall in love, create new friendships, find a, find a friend with benefits, who knows? Um, we can be lazy, we can stay comfortable, just make life that much easier if we want. But like all things in the world and all technologies, we can also use them poorly, ineffectively, and in a way that harms our mental health. So we're talking about sometimes just deleting and taking a darn break because it's too much, you're overwhelmed, you're feeling bad, take a break. Because if our mood or our self-esteem is negatively impacted, something needs to change. It doesn't have to be a total removal, maybe just a little bit of a break. I even talked about assessing our own current mental health. Am I in a solid, stable place where I really feel like stepping into whatever ridiculousness or amazingness might emerge from the use of these apps? Uh, also, it's not an addiction. We have to stop using words like because something feels chaotic or problematic that we're addicted or for using something too much that we're addicted. No, it's a failure to manage their use appropriately. We need to just set some boundaries, be more thoughtful, mindful about the impact they're having on us when we use them and where we use them. Set some standards. I'm not going to be checking it all day, every day. I'm not going to be doing it while I'm doing other things. I'll go on the apps when I am free from all other responsibilities, a couple times a day, once a day, at breakfast, lunch, and dinner, when I'm only in my car, set some rules. When you're at work, stay off your damn phone, keep it in the drawer, you know? Things like that. When you're with people, be with people. We're not, we're not trying to add layer upon layer upon layer. We're not trying to make a multi-layered you know, nacho dip. We're trying to do one thing at a time, stay focused. Also, mindful app use means checking in with yourself about why you're about to go online. I have a lot of clients doing that before they enter into a, an encounter with a thing, a specific thing, drugs, alcohol, shopping, sex, socializing with someone. What is it you're looking for? 
And is there another way to get that need met? Will this actually get that need met or keep you trapped constantly going back to it, trying to get that need met and going back obsessively because it won't get that need met? For instance, why are you going on? Well, I'm bored. Well, guess what? That app does not promise to entertain you because I'm lonely. That app is job is not to um, hold your hand and give you company. That app's only purpose is because I want to take some time to try to explore if there's anyone I connect with and maybe go on a date with. I'll pop on, I'll see, and if not, I pop off. But it shouldn't be something that we obsessively sit with because we need to feel like we're you know, spending time with someone or we need to be entertained and distracted. Go find something else that will actually do that. You're lonely, reaching out to a friend or a loved one will truly meet that need because that is what that is for and that is what that does. If you're bored, go create something meaningful or fun to do or sit in that absence. But a dating app is not there to entertain you and to fill in those gaps. That is not its purpose. It will not do that. And it will keep you living in that lack, thereby constantly looking for a solution and maybe repeatedly going to this falsely for that solution. Also, sticking with this whole sense of checking with ourselves, which I think is an important thing to do more so than we do, is are you happy? Are you looking to connect? Perfect, that might be more meaningful. But if you're lonely, sad, or feeling disconnected, I actually recommend staying offline and getting those needs met elsewhere. So again, if you're feeling disconnected, you're feeling sad or you're feeling lonely, go try to find another way to get that need met because most likely the apps will leave you feeling worse off or just as bad in those departments because maybe there's no one to connect with because maybe no one is looking for that because maybe no one is a set, is, is that available and that's when a lot of people stay in that cycle. That happens also with social media. So I have clients checking in on that with social media as well. What am I trying to do with my time here? And is this the appropriate way to get that need met? Um, Because again, we have coping mechanisms, right? And we have self-care. And as we talked about before, coping mechanisms are just good and bad. There's no judgment on them. They're just things we do to get through a difficult time. But self-care are the coping mechanisms that specifically make us feel better off or at least neutral. Self-care never makes us feel worse off. Coping mechanisms are the good and the bad. So sometimes they can make us feel worse off. And a lot of technology use is in service of coping mechanisms. We're unwinding. We want something to help us unwind. We want something to help distract us. We want something to stimulate us because we're bored. We want to feel like we're interacting with someone or something because we feel detached or lonely or disconnected. And those are not always the best way to do that. And so we want to say to ourselves, I'm trying to use this as a coping mechanism, but there might be a better, more self-care rooted way to actually get some of these appropriate needs met. I people also do that with sexuality, whether solo sexual or partnered sexual. You know, what is it I'm really looking for in this moment? And is this actually going to, you know, get that need met or am I going to be left feeling bad still afterwards? Which is why in another show we were talking about aftercare, non-sexual and sexual where a lot of times sexuality is sometimes more than just about getting off. And it sometimes is about, I just want to feel held. I want to feel seen. I want to feel cared for. I want to feel desirable. And when sex is done, sometimes it's a little bit too hard of a crash. And we really want to kind of round it out by just chatting a little bit or cuddling a little bit or saying, hey, have a glass of water, sit for a minute. Let's go for a walk. And whether it's a hookup or not, it doesn't really matter. It can, be, it can still be a very similar drop. And so depending on what app we're talking about, even if it's just a video game or Instagram, just be very thoughtful. Like, what am I going there looking for? Will this provide that? Or will this leave me feeling empty afterwards? And is there a different way to kind of move forward more sustainably?
Um, <clears throat> I hope that doesn't sound like I'm rambling, but again, it's this mindfulness of just checking in with like, what are we feeling? What are our goals and what's possible? Because we tend to go from stimulation or impulse to reaction. Um, I'm feeling something bored, lonely. I don't even know. And I'm just going to grab my phone. I'm just going to always grab my phone as the solution. I don't even know what I'm feeling. Don't even know what I'm trying to resolve. I don't even know if it can. I'm just going to feel something, grab my phone. Well, if we can pause for a minute and be mindful and check in, you know, what actually shows up choices. We realize, well, wait a minute. Now that I know how I feel, I realize that there's a lot of choices as to how I can deal with this or manage it. Ones that are actually going to be more meaningful and sustainable. And then we can move into that. So it's about pausing being more mindful. It's good stuff. I know. Coming up next, we're going to keep talking about it. So stick around, y'all. Good stuff. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Stick around. All right, we are back and we're talking about dating apps and dating app health. And I wanted to just throw a study at you. Um, some stats can really like legitimize and round it out. Um, so when they were looking at studies of users who reported that uh, dating apps were having a negative impact on their mental health or their mood, they, they saw numbers as high as uh, 49 to 51% reporting depressive symptoms triggered by online dating, which makes a lot of sense. You know, you're single, or you're feeling disconnected or alone in the world, or you're feeling kind of removed. So you go on an app and you're like, oh, I'm gonna meet someone. And then what happens instead is you feel rejected or you feel ignored, um, or the conversations really kind of let you down and you get ghosted. And it either strengthens and affirms what you already had thought, which is there's no one out there for me. I'm not likable, I'm not desirable. So of course that triggers that, or it creates that where you hadn't ever felt that way or thought that way, but this app actually inserts that. And that's why I wanna remind you, I was doing a project a long time ago with Grindr. And one of the most important, you know, really meaningful things that came out of some of the research was, do you know that only about 30% of the people that are actively using the apps ever meet up with someone? That the other 70% either don't or they wind up just doing a little bit of chatting. But it's really easy when we're sitting there on the app assuming that all these people that are on here are successful on here and they're doing well and they're having all these conversations and everyone's hooking up and we really dramatize and catastrophize the situation. But when we look at some of the numbers and realize, well, wait a minute, of all the people I'm looking at on here, at most, at most, 30% of them are, are, are actually going to maybe move forward at some point and meet up. With the rest of them, that will not happen for them. Not today, maybe not at all. And that'll be a lot of chat and chatter and, and just a little bit of conversation at best. And that kind of shrinks it all down because it's very easy to think everyone's getting married. No, they're not. We have the highest rate of singledom. They're, no, everyone is not getting married. <laughs> In fact, people are delaying marriage later, if at all. So we have to really right-size things because it's easy again to say, everyone's hooking up. Look at everyone on the app. Everyone's getting married. No, they're not. Maybe some of the people you know, maybe your core group, but that is a small sample size. The rest of the world, that is not happening. Highest rate of singledom, highest rate of divorce, highest rate of cheating. People are delaying marriage. People are backing out of having as much sex as we used to have. That's on the decline. So like you're kind of maybe in the norm. <laughs> and so I want that to, to be destigmatizing. It's really important. Now, some of the other unhealthy outcomes on the dating apps were stress. We understand that. Low body image, understandable. Because again, our our photos, our, our sense of self, our sense of desirability and potentiality is built on how people treat us and talk to us. And there's a lot of shaming going on there. People are like, how tall are you? How much do you weigh? And commenting on our bodies. And it's like, that is not why any of us are on here, to be made to feel bad or to be put down. 
Um, that's why we say like, don't don't comment on people's bodies. Keep it yourself. Someone's height and weight literally has nothing to do with, do with anything. If you like the photo you're looking at and they seem attractive, well then meet up with them and see them. So give them a chance to really be a full total person in front of you. But if you're attracted to them by looking at their photo and then you're gonna maybe kick them out because of their height or their weight or some other status, well now you're moving into ego. And as I say over and over, things like height and weight and income have nothing to do with what kind of partner they'll be. And if you're truly looking for partnership, then look for freaking partnership. I hear people saying all the time things like, oh, they need to be at least six foot. Well, that's odd because only 30% of the population is six foot or over. About 70% of us are in the five, nine uh, height range. So <clears throat> actually I think it's 75 to 80%. So if you're saying, oh, they gotta be this certain height, this arbitrary height of like six feet and over, well, you've reduced the dating pool from everyone down to 20% of the population. So now we're looking at 20% of the population. Whatever other restrictions you have are gonna reduce that 20% down even lower. And that is why, and that is how you keep yourself stuck and single because these arbitrary requirements that keep shrinking the dating pool down smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. So they gotta be over six foot. We've now, again, we're down to 20% of that of the population. Now they have to live in whatever you know distance you have and then whatever expectations you have. And again, those are the obstacles that get in our own way. If you want partnership, you should be thinking in terms of, do I, can I imagine sitting at a dinner table having meaningful conversation? What kind of partner do I think they'll make when I'm having a tough time or I need support? Do we have common interests where they'll want to go with me on these hikes, to the movies, to travel? Again, none of that has to do with these arbitrary, ego-driven expectations and limits that we put on ourselves and other people. And I just want to also quickly um, call out that there's also specific dating apps for specific populations. People that are tired of getting shamed and stigmatized for STDs and STIs, Google. There are specific dating apps for people with certain STDs and STIs, so don't have to worry about it. We even have ones around body shape and size because of how shaming people can be. So there's you know, dating apps for people that are interested in or have larger bodies, different penis sizes. Yeah, there's one for people with smaller penises, larger penises, because again, ego, people arbitrarily get hung up on those pieces. So there's really specified dating apps for people that that are Christian, for people that are vegan, for people that are farmers. So you can find things that are a little more targeted. And if you are someone who has some of those special needs or doesn't feel welcomed or desirable in the larger world, there are websites that are specifically for you or apps, I should say. So take advantage of that. Do some Googling. There's probably, there's new ones popping up every day that I'm not even aware of yet. Um, all right, coming up next, we're going to be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want us to circle back to. Always want to hear from you. And uh, we are channelq.com is where you want to go to check out past episodes, binge, post, re-listen. Stick around, though. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all, we are back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. All right, this one's a little long, so hang in there with us. It says, hey, Dr. Chris, I recently proposed to my boyfriend of 10 years. All right, a decade. That is a chunk of time. Well done, y'all. Now he's my fiance. Ever since, there's been a lot of focus on our finances. I get it. Getting married means we are legally connected and bound. Responsibility shift. Ever since there's been a lot of focus on our finances, we're always, we've always split bills and expenses 50-50. Okay. But now he keeps bringing up how I make less than, I make less than half of what he makes. That I don't have enough vacation time. That we won't be able to elevate our lifestyle unless I become more ambitious. Let me just say this right away. You cannot marry people based on potentiality. You have to marry and be in relationships with people based on who they are right now. And if who they are right now is not what you're looking for, then they are not right for you or what you're looking for because you don't know what's better for them. And before I even read any more of the DM, this person doesn't need to do anything differently. You absolutely do not need to become more ambitious or elevated. You absolutely have a right to say, I like where I'm at. I'm content. And you can say to your partner, if you want us to have a more elevated lifestyle, well, then you can make more money and you can fund things more because you should only be splitting things 50-50 if you make the same income. If someone makes more money, yes, they should pay more for rent, bills, dinners, 100% so that the impact is the same. It is very unfair because what usually happens is the higher earner wants the lower earner to raise up and pay as much as they are versus the higher earner dropping down to where the lower earner is. Because you, the writer of this question, who's the lower earner, has a right to say, I don't want to pay any more than a certain percentage of what I make. And if you want something nicer, then you have to kick in more money. Otherwise, you got to meet 
meet me where I'm at. I'm not gonna stress myself out to meet you where you're at. If you make more money, you pay more, period. It's called fairness, it's called kindness, it's called compassion. But you don't have a right to, to date someone or marry them and, and then demand that they become someone different. We have to meet them where they're at. So you don't have to become ambitious, you don't have to work harder, you don't have to do anymore. You have a right to say I'm working on contentment, being happy with where I'm at. Back to your question. You said we live a very comfortable life. We do not struggle with finances, but we're definitely not equal career-wise. Okay, and you don't have to be. Very rarely are people, you know? You said, I'm happy with my career, but I can also see his point. I can't, but okay. You said, should I be pushing more in my career, possibly inviting more personal stress to upgrade our lifestyle? I, Dr. Chris, don't think you do. I think that's ridiculous. You said you're comfortable. You live a nice lifestyle. What more do you need? What does elevate mean? We have to have flashier cars and houses and all that. That's ego. So this person's actually saying, I want you to be more stressed out, work more hours because my ego needs to perform success so that I feel like I have worth and value in our culture. Be better than that. Be better than that. That's ridiculous. If you guys are happy, you're happy. Do your thing. Anyway, back to your question. You said, oh, and also thank you for all you do, your advice, most recently on how to handle conflict and difficult conversations and how to right-size things has been immeasurably helpful in my life. Oh, thank you. I didn't expect that to end with a compliment. I think you're perfect. I think you're great where you're at. I don't believe that we always have to be elevating and doing more. I think it's okay to be like, I'm glued with where I'm at. I want to focus now more on rest and, and pleasure and leisure. I don't agree that we always need to have a new goal or a goal. I don't agree with that at all. We're not here to just produce and achieve. I think it's a flawed system that's always thinking every year we have to make more and achieve more. No, that's exhausting. That is not mental health. We need to be resting more. Rest more. Work less and rest more. Work less and focus more on pleasure. Work less and focus more on leisure and hobbies. Work less and focus more on your relationships. Don't worry about how nice your car is, how nice your house is. Don't worry about your job status. Don't worry about your watch. Worry about, am I a good partner? Do I like the relationships I'm a part of? Am I resting? Do I have pleasure? Is my life fun? That's what you need to focus on. So I think you could be a better influence on your fiance by saying, I don't wanna get caught up in capitalism and in productivity and materialism telling us what our worth is. I wanna be a couple that's mental health centered where what matters is whether or not we're good partners and whether or not we're enjoying our lives. And you know what you're gonna to say to your fiance? We are, we're comfortable. All our needs are met. You make more, you should pay more. I'm happy with where I'm at in my career. We love each other, we're good. Let's not create problems that don't exist. And maybe that's your vows. I just wrote your vows for you. You're welcome. All right, y'all. That is our show. If you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Love hearing from you guys. Questions, topics, things you want us to hit, circle back to. Past episodes of the show is over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Be kind to yourselves and those around you. Thanks for hanging out, and you all enjoy the rest of your night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Over here. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 